Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone. We are back for another Lead Lap edition and episode, whatever you'd like to call it, from the Race Chaser Studio in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, and also the home of Performance Motorsports Network, where we broadcast this show live each and every Monday night at 7 Eastern. My name is Tom Baker. Next to me at the table here inside the studios, Jacob Seelman. And next to Jacob is Randy Miller at the head of the table. Randy, Jacob from Speed Sport, Randy from the Inside Pass show, which is uh, live on Spreaker each Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking forward to that. Who's on the show? Well, we were supposed to have time to just give it. Apparently, Ty is busy this weekend. So he's going to be, well, he's going to be on his way, if not already in Chicago, because the ARCA race is Thursday night. That's right. So So stand stand by for a replacement. Okay. So So we're working on a relief driver for Ty for the show on Wednesday night. I mean, Uh, let's be fair. Let's be fair, though. And I I actually like this discussion to open the show because why not? Uh, Ty Majeski has had (laughs) a bit of a career resurgence this year prior to his 25th birthday because who would have thought he's looking for his third ARCA win of the year in a limited schedule, you know, at the end of June, or at, yeah, at the end of June. I was going to say, don't doubt it's, yourself. It's the end of June. the end of June. I mean, <laughs> don't, for, but don't forget. I, a year ago, we were basically chalking him up as, you know, basically well, being. you might have been. About done because he was having such a miserable year in the Roush Fenway car. And when that well. dried up, then we really thought he was kind of done. And now he's come back and said, hey, hey, don't forget about me. And he won the Trickle 99 this past weekend. Yes. So. Yes, he did. That yes. race that Johnny Sauter attempted mm-hmm. to That's compete That's correct. In. Um, and Chad uh, Bryant uh, racing is the benefactor of Ty's resurgence because Indeed. that's who he races for. Indeed. And it's good to see them finally for getting sure. on top of things. And so, oh, by the way, um, we also have two guests on the show this we evening. We are going to talk with a couple of Southeast racers, Bobby McCarty, otherwise known as Bobby Mack, one of the top late model racers in this part of the country, runs uh, the Cars Tour primarily now. And uh, he'll be on at 7.30 to talk to us. And uh, you'll enjoy Bobby. He's got some interesting insight as to the status of late model racing and what he feels it needs to happen to improve it in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, So he'll talk to us about that, among other things. And then uh, shortly after that, we will also have Mason Diaz, who ended up being Bobby's teammate this weekend with Nelson Motorsports um, on the Cars Tour. Bobby finishing second. Mason ran well enough to finish up there, but ended up getting collected in an incident that uh, I blame fully on the Cars Tour. It was a track condition-related deal. Uh, We'll get to that later. Uh, And, of course, I don't want to leave out the fact that Chris Murdoch, who was with me at the Cars Tour race over the weekend, is... uh, over there in the tech shed, punching all the audio and video buttons to keep us on the air. So we'll talk cars to her later. Well, I'd just like to note on that subject that this may be the first time in my memory that I can think of Mason running a major late model race, not in a Mike Darn racing car. He's been with Darn for about as long as I can remember. So to see him in the Nelson car over the weekend was a little bit... It, that took a while to wrap my brain around, to say the least. Well, um... 
he, he's always he's had a good relationship with the folks from Solid Rock Carriers, mm-hmm. who are big sponsors of that team. So I think there was some some sort of deal struck there to put him in the in the twelve car um, that uh, is a team car to McCarty's Double Deuce. So things that hit social today that really raised my eyebrows and that I'm going to spend much fun uh, uh, get digging into after the show tonight. By the way, okay, do tell. Yes, um, and thank you, Dirty Mo Media, for for dropping it a little earlier than normal. Um, the latest Dale Jr. download hit today. Okay. And he brought his sister. Yeah, on. Kelly. I'm, yeah. I'm, Chris was telling me about this a few minutes ago. I'm so much looking forward to digging into that because I can I can only begin to imagine the stories that those two finally let hit the fan uh, with, with that one. And anybody within a 500-mile radius, I'm sure, was probably running the other direction. But well, it's the, great. <laughs> the thing for me with... And I said this to Chris, the thing for me that I love about Dale Jr. Download isn't the fact that it's Dale Jr. necessarily. It's the fact that Dale, it's Dale Jr. talking about life and having other people on to tell stories. They're not talking right. about the latest cup race or whatever. Um, they're... It's, Sometimes it's, they do, depending on the guest. But it's more a function of some sort of topic about that race. Mm-hmm. It isn't just reviewing the race and saying what they thought. Well, and you, you, look know, at usually... had, you look at who he's had on lately. He had Stone Cold on a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, I haven't. I, I really hope his next guest is good old DW. That's what oh, I was thinking. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't Ross Chastain supposed to be on there in a couple of weeks? I'm wouldn't be surprised. Think, I'm pretty yeah. sure he is. I mean, I, I'm trying to I remember. I think it's what, the week next week or the week after. I'm trying to I'm remember sure what Ross was on today. Something he was on he one was of on the Sirius XMs yeah. today. He was on something today. Well, you know, so I love I love that. So him and Kelly, I'm sure it will be very personal, and uh-huh. and you'll hear a lot about them growing up and yes. you know their relationship, which is. Much more fun than hearing them talk about well, Junior Motorsports, I, I, I think my two you know. favorite bullets in the post that he put out on Twitter a little while ago were the first one and the last one. Daredevil, da- yeah, easy for me to say, Daredevil <laughs> Kelly, I know, and Redneck Life Hacks. Okay. <laughs> and in this part of the country, I can say that last See, one. See, Redneck Life yeah. Hacks. See, that would be something I would expect to hear Dale Jr. Right? talk about on the Dale Jr. That download. could be a whole other podcast of its own. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's start that. Redneck life hacks. Redneck life hacks. We can I mean there's no we've got how a huge would, uh, huge how, population how, hang on a minute. down here. How would we pull uh, how would we pull that off? You've got a New Yorker, a transplanted Michigander uh, and a I'm Texan. Texan. So I'm probably the closest one. Yeah, well, he, Chris he's is from point. Ohio, but that has nothing to do with anything. There's rednecks in every state, number one. And number two, it isn't about us. It's about us going and interviewing rednecks who give us life hacks. Fair enough. Zip ties and duct tape. You know, that's, hey, that's, that's I, podcast I, over. I yeah. learned, I duct learned, tape can fix everything. I learned that in band class, Randy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just saying. As a, as a former bandy, I can uh, if, Those who that. don't work, chewing gum does too. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do. He's right. Yeah, he's not wrong. That's correct. Okay, so... There's your Redneck Life Hacks podcast for the week. So Ross did a thing. Ross did a thing. Over the weekend. Hashtag redemption. Also, hashtag the Melon Man Challenge is back on again. Well, and see, I mean, honestly, either of you two, jump in, Chris, any of you three. 
Is anybody here surprised that he went out one this I race? said it last week. I think I we all knew that was going to happen. You know what, I, uh, I, called, I was the only one that called that he would win both races. I'm wrong on a technicality, but he still did it. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the crazy thing is, though, about this win is when you look at the, the highlights of the race and you see how hard he was driving through the field, it's like it's like a completely different situation. Like, you can tell the determination in the team, but you mm-hmm. can you can just see the way he's driving. He was determined to win that race. I think we were talk we were talking about this last week, and I think it was you, Tom, that looked at me and said, "I don't believe he's gonna." And I said, "I'll tell you, I told you so." No, when he does, it, it wasn't me because I called that win, and it and it's it's the whole thing. But you were the one that said you didn't think that he could win both. No, a no, and B. We, no. We were just talking. We were just talking about Gateway specifically. What I said was that I think the momentum is on his side and he's going to drive as one pissed off SOB. I don't think I said it that way on the air last week, but he was going to drive like a man possessed because he, he, and he did feel, and he did. Yep. And that's what Randy was the referring fact, to. The fact that he held off the field on 80 lap old tires is yeah. raw. That is so Ross Chastain. It's not even funny. Well, and that's, that's, I'll add, by the way, that Sam Mayer should have done, the, or should, you know, should have been applauded for the same thing in the Gateway Arca race until Ty Gibbs happened on the last lap. But that's oh. a story for later. I yeah. don't think I've seen that hard of driving since Kyle Busch was in the Truck Series earlier this year. Like as yeah. far as somebody that you know is determined to go out there well, and, and beat up the field. What, I mean, he didn't we, do that, but I mean, the way he was driving would indicate otherwise. That's what we've been saying about Ross all along, though. I mean, the yeah. guy is way mm-hmm. better than where he's at. I, I just. He is definitely a driver that, as far as I'm concerned, needs to be um, in, an, in, in a, a winning cup ride next year. Now, whether he gets there or not is a different matter. But if, I've, if I'm an elite Cup Series team owner and I can possibly make that happen, he's number one on my list. Okay. Over everybody else. I understand that. However, let me play devil's advocate at the in the same token. Okay. In the same token, how can you not love what he's doing right now with trying to build Nice Motorsports from a team that I don't think anybody ever would have given a chance, a team that was just trying to survive a year ago well, of course into I do. a bona fide title contender you've got to love that overnight story. Of course. overnight yeah. basically yeah. absolutely i absolutely love every minute of that in some ways i feel like it's even even a better chapter than what we saw brett moffett do with hattori a year ago oh i think it's way better hattori was a good team before brett got there nice was not a good team before ross got there Correct. let's be honest here but it, gms technical support uh, it helps. A, a veteran from Chevy overseeing all of the the, the stuff in shop. I mean, and Phil you know, Gould as a crew chief. Phil Gould. I mean, they they brought in some other acquisitions. Yeah. As much as I really love to brag on Ross, you can't just give Ross no. all the credit. Oh, not at all. Um, no, I, I put Phil Gould in the same crew chiefing category as I do Scott Zipidelli and Rudy Fugel yes, right now. I agree. Those three are the three elite yep. crew chiefs in the truck series right now. Well, and it's and and again, somebody asked me over the weekend. Okay, so now that Ross has won three races, do you think that? You know, he wins the championship. I said the road to the championship goes through Ross Chastain. Period. You're darn right, it does. Period. 
because he's been the most consistent of any truck in that entire series this year. If not for the DQ, he'd still be the only driver this season to be top 10 in every race. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, he's still the only driver to be top 10 in every yes. race, just on a technicality. We're just getting started. Back with more of Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch, otherwise known as the modern version of the Fab Four, um, even if I don't have any hair. Um, we are talking motorsports, uh, and 
I gotta, I gotta say, you got some stats out there. Um, Don't look at me. You're the stat but, guy. But I'm throwing. I'm going to throw you off for a minute because okay. I'm gonna. Well, I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't gonna go to my stat sheet. I was just looking for subjects to talk about in. Oh, okay. Well, I but, was. I, I'm gonna because I want to talk more about yes. the truck deal. But yes. Bef- I, I I just have my truck points up so that I can jog my brain for things I want to talk. But before about. we do that, I want to because. Tyler Reddick brought us back. Yes. Um, and I want to throw out there, because it's fun, even if, you know, I think it's fake news. Um, saw an interesting rumor on social media today that talked about the potential for Richard Petty Motorsports and Richard Childress Racing to make, in some way, shape, or form, their partnership more official and tie themselves together in such a manner as that there would become now instead of a third children's car there would be two cars out of the rpm stable um that would put tyler reddick in the second car with the charter that petty is getting back from um Gosh, I'm going to draw Rick a blank. Ware. Rick Ware, thank yeah. you, um, that they had out there. And there would now be a two-car team of Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick and in the Petty Stable. the three and the eight. And then the three and the eight at Childress, and, and all, but all of the cars would basically be Childress cars. Oh, so so, ba- you, so basically we're, we're imagining that RPM and... RCR are doing the same thing that the Wood Brothers and Team Penske are doing right now. That's, sorry, not th- sorry. I just think it's funny well, <laughs> that since Richard Petty is <laughs> is struggling sorry, right now, sorry. that every rumor ever created includes Richard Petty in some form or fashion. Well, and that's partially... And, it's good to be talked about. That's partially yeah. why I brought this up. By the way, my response to that rumor is, oh, because that worked so well when you merged with Everham the first time. <laughs> well, it did for a little while. They did run well for a little while. Um, for about that long. But, but I think, I, I so long. the first question when I saw this is, you look at the source, and it was not, you know, a major media source. But I, I thought, well, okay, but, but let's just sort of look at it for what it is and think about it for a second. Okay, Petty, uh, Petty Motorsports, not to say Enterprises, Petty Motorsports does have a second charter that they uh-huh. have to take back and use from Rick next Ware year. and use in some form or fashion. Or they have to sell it. Or they, well, yes. they have to sell that one or the other one. No, it's <laughs> a, you, you take it back and you either use it or you sell it. Okay, so, so they have an extra charter is what I'm saying. So, okay, we could, in fact, add a car that would be a chartered car if we wished and had the ability and resources to do that. So there's number one. Then I said... Why would Richard Childress want to do this instead of putting a third car on the track? And then I thought, well, he would need a charter if he wanted to have, he doesn't have a third charter anymore. So he would need a charter if he wanted to put the car, put a third car on the track with a charter. And so instead of him having a charter, and Petty having a charter, or Childers having to buy a charter, and Petty having a charter, you know why? You know why wouldn't you just have a second car, you know, over there with that charter, and put Tyler in it, and basically make it a Childress car? 
in a but, way, I feel like it say if if you do this right, it actually saves Richard a little bit of money doing it the that way. Well, how, how many years does Jimmy Johnson have left on his contract? One. So he he's out at twenty twenty. Suppose at least his contract is up at 2020. We don't know for sure that he's okay. out. So his contract is up. Actually, at the end of sorry. The yes, his contract is up at, at the, the end, end of 2020. 2020. Sorry, yeah. I had okay. to end I had to think year. about that. Okay, so I, I was just wondering because I was going to say if it was up at the end of 2019, I say Tyler Reddick puts in the 48. But I don't think that's no. going to happen. Ri- uh, uh, Richard Childress has been adamant that Tyler Reddick is the future of that operation. Well, well, aside part from of the part future. of the future, yeah. So, so I'm looking at this, going, well, this is kind of interesting, and I had the same thought you did. This, this may be less costly for Childress to do this this way, um, and the benefit that you get out of that is that you now have basically four cars, uh, you know, in the stable, and they're all the same cars and all the same. Uh, so what's the downfall? But then I got thinking, why wouldn't Childress just buy the charter from Petty and put Tyler Reddick in the 31 like he was going to? So I think this is kind of interesting, though, because this could it is certainly could help Richard Petty Motorsports. Oh, easily. Now, could I see Tyler Reddick replacing Bubba in the 43 under a similar scenario? No, because I don't believe that they're going to get rid of Bubba, and I think Worldwide Technologies loves Bubba. Yes. E- either, either way, it still helps Petty because... Either he sells it and makes money, or right. he gets a new car and runs better. Right. And so I looked at that, and I thought, well, this is one of those times when I don't know if there's actually any truth to it, but it could be a viable situation. But how does that affect the other rumor of Petty going to Honda? Huh. Well, I don't I, buy see, that. Well, see, but I still am hearing that Honda's coming in with uh, Michael Andretti, but I, I'm now hearing within the next five years instead of, you know. <laughs> so it was yeah. never really a thing. So like... I don't know that I – well, it might have been a discussion at some point. I mean, I'm sure there was probably some conversation. I don't think it was something that somebody just made up out of thin air. But, you know, Honda just may not be able to put things together in time to do it in 21. So now if you're RPM, you're looking at other ways to go about, you know, elevating yourself and maybe – you find Richard Childress, because I actually thought that was more or less what they were going to do to begin with, was I thought that all of them were going to be Childress cars. I thought it was basically going to be like the 21 and the and the uh, Penske team, and it, it never really quite got to that point, I don't think. Um, so I could easily see something working out in that vein and have it make sense. But isn't it a good idea, though, for R- RPM to have two cars when their first car isn't even performing right? Well, but if the second car is – if it's all kind of children's stuff. Yeah, I see Then you figure that it, it elevates the performance of both cars. Maybe. But they're you know, obviously – In other words, if RPM is basically just more or less a name on – you know, and it's more like you said, like uh, Jacob said, it would be, you know, the same as the Wood Brothers with Penske stuff. You elevate your technology tremendously. Yeah. Um, so but everything even, runs better. Even when you have a, 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 t- a situation where you have a satellite team or a secondary team, the secondary team isn't going to get the best equipment. Well, I mean, it, we, it, even it, we see with, with the Wood Brothers. I mean, even now it could be Menard. I don't know. But 
the the twenty one car doesn't perform quite the same way the well, other three Penske that. cars do. So it could, it left, could be Menard. It could be Menard. <laughs> I'm going to say it's Menard. Be. Be. But I, no, if, I, not, because Blaney did okay. Not so, meaning so disrespect to Paul Menard. So, so does that mean? So that does that mean we'd see what we see with Penske and Wood Brothers in that petty and RCR move into the same shop? They're already in the same shop, basically. They're well, on the same plot of land. On the same plot of land, but they're not in the exact same shop. And it's not, I don't believe it's all Childress stuff. I don't think it's all one sort of whole, you know, operation like that. Um, it's like having a guest house on your property. So, yeah, <laughs> basically, that's, yeah, actually, that's a good point. You know, I, I, that, was so, that was so kind of out of left field, but I, I, it's but actually it, it is right. They're on, a, they're on a corner on a plot of land on Childress's property. Um, so I think this is, and I'll tell you what, if, if, even if there was no and there had never been a discussion about this, if, I, if I'm RCR and RPM and I see this, I'm kind of looking at this going, uh, this guy's smoking something, but you know what? Well, why don't we talk about this? Because honestly, I think there could be some. Look, Reddick's bringing funding one way or another. You know that's going to happen. Duh. So, so I mean, it's not a funding issue, and I do think that if if somehow the the current forty three team could elevate themselves to uh, Childress cars and have everything being prepared as if you know as equal to the three and the eight. Um, and the 31 or see maybe i would if, love to know. buy this and then as an added extra to the rumor we see kaz Grala move into the two car that would be fun in the oh you mean series. in the X yeah yeah yes. oh sure i knew i knew yeah. what he meant yeah well so it just to, took me a second to take a second yeah to, um yeah i would well i and see that would all be dependent on funding too you know it's kaz i think would be full-time easily enough i think they'd like to have him um you know, I think a lot of people would like to have Kaz. I think Kaz has proven himself capable, but he just doesn't have the funding to go sort of pay for the ride. So it has to be somebody that already has funding that just drops him in the car. You're, you're and either way, about, I think that two car is going to be available next year because I think Tyler's think about going up. Resources too, because you know we talked about last year with RCR. They they put everything everything out there. They scaled back this year, right. and the performance is better. So now, why would you subject yourself? to going out and adding essentially two more cars to your stable, having to outsource more resources and get more people involved. Well, when, you're doing, when your cars are doing good now, why would you? you if you I mean? had the funding to do it with, though, you're basically saying, okay, we're just going to build more chassis. Because uh -huh. that's really, really what, at the cup level, that's what it amounts to. Reddick is his own sponsor, pretty much. I mean, you know, th there's definitely, there's an opportunity there, I think, to pull this off. And I think it elevates the marketability of the 43 team if it were to happen. Again, we have no idea if there's any truth to that. It's just fun to think about these things. And I could see where that one could be viable. And yes, the two is going to be available. And I would love to see Kaz Grawl get a shot at it. You wonder yes. who would be. Because I thought I said that if Petty ever went by the wayside, I was thinking Bubba would end up in it um somehow would that be but better for his career to go back and, and do something and kind of essentially start over i don't know i mean it's always one of those six of one half a i've, dozen al of the I've other. always said if you can be in a race winning and championship winning ride even if it's down a level it's better than being in a mediocre yeah, ride right. at the top level personally i just rather see something happen that elevates the 43 team to get them back i competitive. don't that i don't be, disagree with that, that would be my hope but anyways we'll take a break when we come back bobby mack going to join us and talk some late models some cars tour and 
have ourselves a good time. You're listening to Legal App Radio or watching Legal App Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. We will be right back. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Laurel Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back. 
to uh, Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And if we have time on this show, I'm going to talk about something that happened over the weekend as an illustration of why everybody should be uh, looking up HMS Motorsport and really getting their collective act together in terms of their you safety. You can find equipment. several examples of uh, I know, how to yeah, get I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, and the driver that I'm going to talk about, if we have time, did have the proper and still. So it's even more of an illustration a, of what would have happened. A couple if of didn't. crashes over the weekend yeah. that we can talk about. Exactly. So at any rate, um, we, we have a guest uh, with us on the strutmasters.com hotline right now. It is Bobby McCarty, and I am really happy we finally have got Bobby Mack on the program with us. We've been trying to do this for a little while, and finally we're able to put it together. Bobby, welcome to Lead Lap Radio. Happy to have you on. And, man, congrats. I didn't get to talk to you after the race the other night, but congrats on a fantastic run. I know know you'd rather win than finish second, but that was still a great race. Yeah, uh, thank you all for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, you know, second – Second one, much to uh, complain about, but uh, definitely not a win. Um, definitely do, need to do a little bit more homework, but uh, for the first time seeing the plays, first time racing there, the second and a pole, you really can't complain about it so much. So we'll take it. What were your impressions of Dominion Raceway? Because uh, I've talked to several drivers, and I kind of get mixed reaction, not between negative and positive, but just different things about it that they seem to sort of pick out as, you know, what they talk about when, when I ask them the question, what was your uh, impression of, of the track and, and, you know, what they've got going on up there? Uh, the, the track is super fast and it's, it's super smooth, um, which are, are two cool things to, to really lay down some quick lap times and to, uh, hit faster speeds than, than we're used to but uh they got a pretty cool layout with the road course and uh we got to watch some some drift racing uh friday and saturday before we went to the track and then friday night they was doing a testing tune uh like a eight mile drag strip kind of deal with they had all kinds of cars out there so uh it's a really cool place they they got a lot of things going on there um especially in one weekend there was just we I went to leave Friday night to go get dinner, and I come real close to staying to to watch the testing team because they had spoilers <laughs> and and all kinds of stuff out there. I, was, I about stayed, but uh, really cool place. They got a lot of things going on. Uh, it's a nice facility. It's, it was uh, it was definitely interesting. It's one of probably the to put in comparison, it's probably the closest uh, as far as on the throttle time um, for tracks that we go to to Bristol. Um, yeah. Bristol, we barely let off, and at that place, you're on the track about 85% of the time. You're on the throttle about 85% of the time. So, uh, very fast track, very smooth track. Um, tire wear is not really that big of a deal. So, uh, you just go out there and lay them down, see how long you can hold on. Well, you've definitely got uh, a. Uh, you're off to a, a fairly decent start this year. I know you've had, you know, some bad luck here and there, and had some situations, but for the most part, you're having a pretty you know, a pretty good season. Um, and certainly this past race was a really, really good one for both you and your teammate, Mason Diaz, who we'll talk to shortly here. Um, Mason's result didn't end well because he got caught in a, in a crash, but, um, 
you both were really fast, and I think both of you would have been right there running for the win with Josh had uh, Mason been able to finish. Yeah, uh, our team's been doing really good lately. We've been putting uh, really fast cars on the track, and we've been contending for wins, which is always a good thing. Um, it's unfortunate for Mason. Uh been watching that kid run a couple of different races here lately, and he just seems like he's got a monkey on his back. He can't get off. But, yeah. Uh, you know, definitely proud of everybody at Nelson Motorsports. We, uh, we've been building some, some fast cars lately. and No doubt. Uh, you know, we just got to gotta put everything together um we kind of been slacking a little bit and we kind of got off a little bit uh towards the end of the race there at dominion um the, we started and the sun was out and the track temp was really hot and uh with the red flags and uh adding fuel and and everything else that went on we, we lost the balance a little bit and couldn't roll center like we needed to so uh we lost a little balance there. I felt like Josh's car was a little bit freer than, than ours, and when the track cooled off, and uh, I mean, everything just kind of played out for him, and we started out really good, and then the track cooled off. We just got a little too tight, so uh, definitely a good weekend for us, but, um, and we've had uh, about a, a run now, four, four weekends that we've been very strong, so uh, definitely looking to continue the success this weekend at South Boston with the, the first leg of the Triple Crown and we just got to keep working man you can't you can't stay stagnant in this deal and you got to you got to keep your your chin, your chin up and roll your sleeves up and just go to work Bobby how has this year for you been different in the wake of being the defending champion and kind of some of the things that that come with that you know maybe representing the sport in a different you know or or you being viewed in a different light than you might have before you won the championship i you know i i feel like in ways yes um but i I really i really try not to uh focus on things like that um you know, I heard a guy I looked up to a lot uh, a couple of years ago at South Boston, Philip Morris. He, he won a race, and I think it was his 26th win of the season. And, and somebody that the guy interviewing asked him about that, and he said he don't think about past races or past wins or past championships. He's always looking for the next one, and he enjoys the wins when they happen. But when the sun comes up the next day, he's back to work. And, you know, that's kind of the mentality I picked up. You know, <clears throat> we definitely – want to enjoy our, our wins and our championships and the success we have but at the same time with the way this series is 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 very tight um we've seen that kind of every race this year in the car store there's been six different winners in seven races uh qualifying you can be a 10th off and uh, the pole and start 15th or 16th which is very very tight and uh, you know, you just gotta you gotta keep focused on what you're doing and, and not get caught up in the, the other things like the points and, and what you have done and you know just really stay focused on what you're wanting to do and things you're wanting to accomplish and uh, you know like I said just keep your head down and keep working. That was going to be the next thing I wanted to touch on actually, and you started to there. You know, what kind of a testament is it for where this series is at right now that you've had six different winners and Josh finally becomes the first driver to to repeat a victory here? You know, end of June, seventh race of the season. Yeah, it's just it's really cool to be a part of. Um, you know, I feel like uh, 
with a car store at any given time, there's 16 cars at any any race they could win, and it just wouldn't be a surprise. You know, it would it would make sense. And as far as you know, uh, in this division at, at local tracks and and uh, even the Triple Crown, um, I feel in the Triple Crown there's probably 12 or 13 that can uh, that can win. But the car store just really uh, they have a good thing going. The the payout's really good. They they treat the the competitors really good, and they make consistent calls every week in and week out. And uh, Chris Regal and Jack and and their whole crew they do a great job of of putting on a good series for us and, and treating us right. And uh, you know the their tech their taking is is on point, and, and they keep everybody straight. And uh, and that's I think that's what really makes everything kind of come together. You know, as far as putting on competitive shows and, and being so tight and, and qualifying. Um, I mean, they just, they do a really good job. And, uh, this year, um, I'd like to say it's cool, but there's been so many different winners, but, uh, it kind of sucks because I wanted to win them all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to go to work. We gotta, we gotta find some speed, but, uh, it's a cool deal, man. The car store really is, you get to go to all these different places and, uh, in the last two years, there's a lot of these tracks that I've never seen before, and uh, a couple of them we won at our first time, and uh, it's just a, it's a good deal for everybody involved. I asked you this on uh, Saturday when I saw you, and uh, I want to talk about it here because I love the answer that you gave. I was very intrigued by it. Um, the question that I asked you was, what is your perspective, what is your take on the the state of late model racing in general in this region of the country, because there's been so much sort of back and forth about bodies and motors and rules and different things. Um, what is your opinion about where we're at and what, if anything, what ideas do you have for improving it? Well, there's a couple of things going on that, that I really, have a hard time agreeing with uh i feel like we're going really fast down the straightaways now um very very fast and it seems like every year or two we're getting this new engine package um and every new engine package has, has made us going faster and uh i have no problem going faster i love going faster but at the same time we have to combat that in some shape form or way um and i just feel like with with what we're doing with the engines and, and how much more power we're making, uh, we got to do something else. And these these brakes that we got, man, they're just not they're not up to par with the engines um, by no means. And, and this really baffles me. I, I don't understand it. It's it's crazy how competitors are. Uh, a new engine package is introduced, and it's fifteen grand for the engine package, and and they jump right on it, and they're like, yeah, this is a good thing. This is a good thing for everybody. And then you you offer the opinion of upgrading the brakes so we can keep brakes under the car. And, sure. And some of them lose their mind, and, and they don't want to do it. It's amazing. I just think the way, the way it's going, um, what I'm feeling with, with the brakes and everything, I think I think at Martinsville this year there, there's a good possibility your, your front runners are going to run into brake issues because of how fast we're going. Uh, and the brakes we have, I don't feel like are designed to withstand this kind of heat. Um, so I just think it's, it's one of those deals where if we don't catch it now, 
it's going to turn into a train race because at the end of the race, nobody's going to have brakes left. You're not going to be able to really do anything as far as setting somebody up for a pass because you, your brake pedal is just not working. So uh, longevity and, and looking at it at the long run, we, we need to do something. Either pull the engines back some to go along with the brakes or upgrade the brakes so we can really use the engines like we need to. So uh, my opinion, uh, everybody thinks different, but uh, I know for a fact some of these tracks we're going to, we're, we're adding about 150 pounds of brake pressure um, just because we're going so much faster down the straightaway. And like wow. I said, I don't, the, the brakes really just aren't, the calipers on these things, man, they're they're ancient, uh, to put it nicely. Um, the very old calipers, it's a design GM made a long time ago, and uh, you know, I, I think it's just about time. And, and you know, when we go to Martinsville, we have to upgrade the brakes. Um, we have to buy all new stuff, and depending on what you get, you know, you're spending you know a couple grand on brakes, and if we update them and make them better. When you go to Martinsville, that's money you won't have to spend. You know, it's already right. there. You already have yeah. better brakes. So uh, it would cost us a little bit more initially, but in the long run, with the brakes being better, they'd last longer. When we go to places like Martinsville, we wouldn't have to update them. You know, it, it would be better for us. And then, like I said, places like Martinsville, I think the, the show would be a lot better. Um, you know, last year we, we got uh, we got slapped on the hand after qualifying, and, and we had to start in the rear in the heat race, and, uh, by the, it was a 25 lap heat race, and by the time I got into the top 10, my brake pedal was going to the floor. Yeah. And uh, we got into the race. We started 38th, I believe it was, and we we got to sixth around lap 65, and we was losing brake brake pedal again. And you know, it's just it's one of those deals where if you get in that situation and and you have to make up for it, and you're losing brakes, you know, and uh, you know, we had the best breaks that we that the rules allow us to have, and uh, it's just it's unfortunate, you know, to have a part failure like that. So something needs to be done. Like I said, either pull the engines back a little bit, or, or go and bite the bullet and upgrade the brakes. But uh, I'm not the guy in charge of that. I just drive the race car, so I oh. do as I'm told. But you're, it's good, it's good feedback. And that's what you told me the other day. And I wanted to just kind of get that out there just for people who are listening or watching to be able to think about and, you know, maybe carry on, maybe it'll spark some discussion. Cause I, I think that's, you know, a very reasonable assessment. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we never like to end an interview without giving uh, the driver a chance to thank their, uh, those who help them make it happen. So who all would that be for you, sir? Uh, for this weekend at, at Dominion, we had a new sponsor come on board with, with Auto Plus, and uh, a couple of the guys come out there, and we took pictures and, and had a good time, and uh, they seemed very impressed with how everything's went. So definitely got to thank them for coming on board uh, for Dominion for a, a, a one-race deal. Um, we got solid right carriers with Kirk Ipoch. He, he come on board this year full-time, and, and he's really helped me out a ton, um, you know, with, with everything I have to do. and. Uh, I got to thank Barry Nelson with Autos by Nelson. Uh, he was the guy to give me my first chance in this deal and uh, greatly appreciative of, of everything he's done for me. And then we have uh, Blue Ridge Color Company, uh, Castro, AR Bodies, uh, BST Shocks, A&E Chassis, and uh, I think that's it. I always feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely got to thank all the crew as well. Um, you know, DJ and 
David Triplett, uh, Marcus Richman, Timothy Peters, uh, Curtis Martin, uh, Mikey Eisman. I got to thank my mom and my dad for sticking with me this whole time. And uh, I got to thank my wife for dealing with me being gone all the time. Um, just, uh, it takes a village, man. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of everybody who's, who's had a part in, in making this career for me. Well, we're happy to be able to finally uh, work it out to get you on, Bobby, and as well as you just did there. We're going to make sure we get you back on again soon, so go win us a race, and uh, we'll have a reason <laughs> to get you back on and talk a little longer. Yes, sir. Uh, we got the first leg of the Triple Crown this weekend with the the 200 at South Boston. I've never won that race, and, <laughs> and that's one I want to – to check out the bucket list so uh we're going all out this weekend we'll see if we can bring it home go get her done we'll have you back on next week that's bobby mccarty we're going to step aside for a break when we come back a short one and then our next guest uh, his teammate mason diaz will join us shortly as well more of legal app radio after this everywhere you go you hear it and you see it it's coming at you through your phone your tablet and your computer it's broadcast from your favorite radio station tv networks and cable companies it's in the stadiums the arenas the ballparks it screams for your attention at the mall it's interactive on main street it's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store what is it it's digital content it's digital content it's digital content somebody has to create it somebody has to manage it so whether your dream is to write it design it create it call it produce it voice it host it light it shoot it switch it record it color correct it edit it code it repurpose it tweet it blog it post it compress it upload it replay it or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in you need to attend carolina school of broadcasting the skills you will learn the experience you will get and the connections you will make at carolina school of broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management call or come by today click csb RadioTV.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dippel and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. He gave me the evil eye. Jacob, do you want to get involved? See, (laughs) why are you moving closer to me? See, 
Jacob needs away. to be careful because otherwise Dippling Jacob will appear. Yes. See? And we, he gave him plenty of room to put the, him up the there. The footage is there. All bigger. we have to do is just turn it into a, yeah. Uh, Y'all watching the video will see a little dippling Jacob fading across the screen. Bite me. Um, you know, we need to get a bobblehead and just put it right there. So Absolutely that way we can not. Thump him and he can just. I mean, we could actually have like dippling Randy, dippling Jacob, dippling yeah. Tom. What if we have, all do it with you? We could do a dippling contest and let the people see, watching can, vote for who dipples the oh, best. I can dance Golly. or do whatever I want back here, and I don't have a camera, so you guys can't prove that yeah. I did anything. <laughs> Or we could just get Tyler Dippel in here to judge. Ha. He'd probably throw that us would, all that, out, that, that disqualify would, yeah. us all, though. Yeah, but probably. But then we would make him show us how to do it correctly, and he'd have to hey, dip, speaking do his of, own dance. Speaking of objects on the table, can I address what is going on up here? It looks like Turn 11 at Sonoma. Like, <laughs> it kind of does. I know it? Chris moved it last week, but it, it looks like, a, you know, it looks like some, something's about to go down. Whatever it is, yeah. Between, yeah. between those three. So, anyways, we, we got our 11 at Sonoma me. was interesting on Sunday. We'll, yeah. that, we'll get to that after. <laughs> yeah. we got they're, short, they're proving our point. I know. A short it's, segment it's funny here that between. you mentioned that, Randy, because I noticed that it wasn't centered toward the camera since the camera's off in the corner and it's been bugging me. Yeah, it's been ah. bugging me too. So, <laughs> we'll fix it during the yeah, commercial Chris break. can fix it during the break. Yes. So, we got Anyhow, just a few yeah. minutes in this segment, but I wanted to sort of have a little more discussion about the cars to a race because it warrants it in between the two drivers who were involved. This race, for me, was not quite as interesting necessarily as some of the earlier ones have been, but there were some real highlights. One was Bobby McCarty in his run, obviously Josh Berry to get the win finally. And, yes, and, and he, and he takes, his... takes the points lead back from yes. uh, McCarty with that win, too. Yep, um, but I'll, I'll be honest. I thought the story of this race was Minnie Tyrell fourth finishing in fourth and let me assure you he earned that finish it wasn't a hey i started up here therefore i finished up here he at one point had josh berry passed for second early in the race and a caution came out right after he made the move so he had to go back um he made both josh and mccarty earn what they got yes and you know, he, he kept a good distance between himself and Brandon Pierce at the end. Uh, you know, he was th – that team is an underfunded team, and many obviously has less experience with the full-size late models than, mm -hmm. you know, um, in terms of in actual late model stock trim at these tracks than most of the other guys do. Right. Um, boy, he made it work. He certainly did, and I feel like we've kind of been – waiting for a run like that out of me yeah. because you know he's needed kind of that uh, that moment where everything clicks and i yeah. felt like we saw that moment where everything started to click on saturday night at dominion and appropriate that it comes there because it's a track he's you know as he referenced when we had him on the show it's not a track he's had big car experience on but it's at least a track that he's had laps on in the past yeah. so i feel like maybe some level of comfort there aided in that and this will do a ton to raise his confidence as a young driver going forward and i would think that this is the start of a run to close the season. The only bad part is now we've got a month before, almost a month before the next Cars Tour race. Well, but yeah, that is bad because everybody cools off. But right. going into the next race, 
is actually a good thing momentum-wise for many because he goes to Carteret County, which yes. he loves. You know, this is a 14-year-old who is going to go in there really, really confident now that, okay, I've got a race car that can run up front. I can run up front. I know that not because I have faith, but because I did it. And that's that can be a corner-turning, uh, you know, moment. It, you know, that, that he had at Dominion and Brandon Butler and the entire team just did a great job on that 81 car. Really uh, happy for them to get that finish. Uh, and again, as we mentioned, Brandon Pierce uh, having a, a good run as well. It was, th- this was a good race. Fifth to like eighth had a lot of different comers and goers in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what Bobby said about the track, I mean, it, it really is true. It is a big, big, bad, fast track. Yes. I've never been there, but I look forward to hopefully being able to get to go there before the end of the year. And everything I've heard has just been, you know, tr- you know, it makes me want to go there and see it because I've seen video of it. And, yeah, I can understand how it can be intimidating to a driver who maybe hasn't raced there before. Well, and it's a beautiful facility, as he said, too. Uh, interestingly enough, he was talking about the drivers on the road course doing the drifting. Ooh, um, fun. Sent somebody <laughs> to the hospital on Ooh, Friday. that's not fun. Um, in a helicopter. <laughs> that's uh, really not yeah, fun. Um, car rolled and caught fire, apparently. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was not good. Um, he's going to have a long road to recovery. Uh, and then they, I think they had another fire on Saturday there. Mm, Um, so, you know, I mean, some of that is just people have to be smarter about Mm -hmm. what cars they bring in the safety and all that. But, um, I'm going to, I'm going to allude to a, to the point that you alluded to a little bit earlier that I feel like we ought to talk about before the end of the show, because, um, it happened at your home track. I know you want to get to this before yes. the end of the show, yeah. the crash that happened up yeah. at Oswego over the weekend. I think the, the lightning round yeah. somewhere or maybe before that. But, yeah, we'll talk about that because uh, a lot a lot of lessons can be learned there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to step aside just for a couple moments. When we come back, our second guest, Mason Diaz, will be with us. We've still got IndyCar F1, drag racing, uh, and other things to talk about, including um, what happened on Saturday night at Oswego. So, We'll get to all of that here momentarily. You are watching slash listening to Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Find them on the web, please, everyone, at hmsmotorsport.com. Back with more in a moment. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up! You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Relap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Also want to pay a nod to mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, and we'll talk about them a little bit later on in the broadcast. We do have our second guest of the evening ready to go full throttle with us here on Relap Radio, and it is Mason Diaz. And glad to have Mason on. I don't think we've had Mason on our show, at least not in a while. So no, it's, uh, it's at the very least, it's been a while. It's been a while, but well, either way, we're happy to have you, Mason, and uh, glad that we could dolly up on the strutmasters.com hotline here and talk with you for a bit. I know that Saturday night didn't end as well as you had hoped, but, boy, you were fast. Yeah, this weekend was not the best weekend of my life for at a racetrack, but it was definitely one to remember by because my Nelson Motorsports team worked nonstop to get our car fast the whole entire time, and they worked tremendously to get it on front, and we were fast the whole entire weekend. Now, I'll ask you the same question I asked Bobby because I asked a number of the drivers on Saturday this question as well and got so many different answers that it was it's interesting to, for me to add yours to the list. What is what is your impression of Dominion Raceway? Because I I've gotten all kinds of different answers about what stuck out to them the most about their experience there. What's what's yours? Well, it was my first time racing at this track. Um, I raced Lake Mostock there three or four times last oh, okay. year, within the past two years. And uh, I actually won the very first race ever at the racetrack in Lake Oh, nice. Wow. So uh, I raced there. I had a past experience racing there. It's the closest track to my home, but it, I count my home track as the National Sports Park, obviously. But right. it's the closest track to my home, and so a lot of family and friends come down and support me. But the biggest part about it, what Bobby said, is the speed. The speed there is tremendously faster than any other racetrack we go to, other than what he said, Bristol. And I have not raced Bristol in late Mossack car. I raced in a, in a Canon car. But the speeds there at Dominion are tremendously faster than anyone else I've been in late Mossack. 
you've actually had a really busy year, Mason, and a, and a pretty diverse year at that between your time in the late models. You've made a couple of K&M Pro Series East starts and a couple of NASCAR Xfinity Series starts as well. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about just kind of bouncing back and forth from car to car and what that experience has been like for you as a young driver. Because I know, I know every time I've seen you at the racetrack this year, you've just been smiling being able to have some of the opportunities you've had. Yeah, this year, I, my, my year's been full of opportunities nonstop, and sadly, something's on my back, a monkey, or just, I've turned some bad luck this year, and haven't been able to fulfill the opportunities, but I've had opportunities come up all the time, and I've been able to race two races in Xfinity Series. We started racing the full-time K&N program, but sadly, that didn't work out the way we wanted to, and it wasn't worth us continuing the year. We're going to hopefully get back out there and race two, two or three more Canon Pro Series East races this year and uh, hop back in super late models, late models stocks throughout the year. But the experience I've gained from all of those cars is helping no matter what. Being in the seat is the biggest part, and it doesn't matter what car you're in because being behind the wheel, you're always keeping your just up. I'm not, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but it's just being in the seat allows the rust not to get built up on you. You know, you're always in the car. I think it's experience counts no matter what you're driving is yes. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I actually want to pay a nod to uh, the first of your two Xfinity races that you ran this year at Richmond because I really, that was shaping up to be such a good day for you with your, your qualifying effort starting 16th and then if not for the engine going bad on you, I, I just really thought you guys had the speed to contend for, for a really great finish in that one with Brandon Brown. Yeah, that race was it. Speed the whole entire weekend by the BMS crew, and we were just. I was waiting. It was lap sixty-three where we blew the engine, and it was right before the segment stage ended. It was like ten more laps for the segment ended, and the car wasn't that good. So I was waiting for the pit stop so we can adjust it, and we had the speed to be in the top ten or right around top ten. That's where my goal was to finish top ten. And I think we would have had it, but due to the motor giving up early we just could nothing else we could do what's that what's this experience been like for you ad- adapting from running the late models like you have the last few years to a bigger car with more power like the xfinity series what kind of changes have you had to make as a driver getting more of that experience on some of the bigger tracks well the biggest thing is learning about arrow and how much thought control you need to do and just knowing what your car is capable of doing. And coming from Super League models, I've had the prior experience of knowing how much thought control is given due to the low weights and high horsepower motors. But late model stocks, though, they have a lot more horsepower nowadays, and there's a heavier car. So that experience really helped me in the K&N series and the Trinity series because those cars are really heavy, but they have motor. And so my prior experience has really helped me to be able to drive the Xfinity cars and K&N Pro Series cars as well as I have because I have been throughout the I've been racing for three years now late model stocks four years late model stocks so my past experience has just helped me so much just to be able to drive the cars. I'm actually curious and uh, hoping you'll tell the story how the association between you and uh, Brandon Brown and and the Brown family came about for this year because I don't know that I ever heard exactly how you got tied in to drive the 86 car. Well, it, it started back in 2012 when uh, my dad went down and saw Southern National Air Force Park uh, in 2011. He came back home and he contacted Jerry Brown, one of his 
business partners in the past, and they ended up buying the track together with a third party. And uh, so that's how I've talked. To, I've known Brandon Brown since 2011, 2012. It's not prior oh, to okay. Uh, Old Dominion Speedway, which Steve Britt used to own, and then he built Dominion Raceway. So I used to race at Old Dominion Speedway since I was four in go-karts. Uh, Steve Britt put on a uh, go-kart races every Sunday after his other races. And so I've known Steve Britt for a while, and and Jerry, since he raced at Old Dominion, and that's how I got. I was always friends with them, and as soon as I was old enough, we always talked about putting me in a truck, which we did in 2017 at Martinsville, had a really good run until we blew a left front and then just carried on from there. It's a great opportunity for you. And I know that you'd like to be doing more of it. What are your prospects for the rest of this year? Uh, or at least for 2020, uh, is there a, a chance that we might see you out there more often? Because you certainly have made the most of the opportunity and we love seeing that for you. Hopefully there's some of the works right now. We're working on a few races for possibly in the season, but most definitely, I would like to be back in one for 2020, at least. Uh, another mile and a half, Charlotte was not my best race. A lot of, huge learning curve at Charlotte, and it was tremendous experience. I learned a, a tremendous amount there. But uh, I definitely want to try myself out another mile and a half, whether it's an ARCA or Xfinity Series. I just need to get more experience on mile and a half because racing on short tracks and racing a mile and a half are completely different. So. I really want to try to get back in one 2020 at least, and if one happens this year, I would it would be amazing. Talk about that Charlotte experience, in, in, if you can, and give us more specifics as to what you feel like you learned and what adjustments that racing on that mile and a half required of you as a driver. Well, short track racing, the biggest one for me was because I can't short track racing, and everyone did, but... sure. For a mile and a half, you're on the throttle before you see the straightaway. So just knowing that the car is capable of doing it due to the air is what you have to get past in your mind. Because you're going, Charlotte, you're going 180 miles an hour. And you don't touch the brake unless it's needed to. And so it's just the air holding you on. So it's understanding that your car is capable of doing it because you're off the gas for a split second and you're right back on it. So just knowing that your car is capable of doing it, getting that in your head, you're good to go. And... The biggest learning curve for me was the air difference because my first time, it was my first time dealing with draft and air tightness and learning how to pass with the uh, with the arrow using it for your advantage like uh, side draft and using the draft to catch up the cars. I learned tremendous amount because we started the race second 36 and by lot 50 we were up to 23rd. So I, I learned a whole bunch in the beginning portions of that race. That's awesome. Well, I know that you can't do any of this by yourself, and it. I feel like you've had a lot of people that have contributed to your success so far, so here's an opportunity to give some shout-outs to them. Well, of course, first and foremost, Sarah Carrier. She's been with me now since 2017. Um, Kirk Ipot is a tremendous guy. He just wants the best for everyone in racing, and uh, he's supported me throughout my whole entire career. Same with Princeway Marina. They've been my sponsor since I started racing. Um, they're a, a marina close by me in Manassas, Virginia. Um, they've been tremendous help for me throughout the whole entire year. The Sign Shop, which is this is a company my dad owns, but it, it's what allows me to race. So the Sign Shop is a huge help with us because it's what allows me to. And, uh, sure. For the late stock world, um, I've always had a few other sponsors like Extreme uh, Collision, Car Care, and... Uh, 
BST shocks, which they always help me out with shocks. And I ran this weekend at Dominion with Nelson Motorsports. He also took care of Nelson. And uh, everyone along the way, the fans, everyone's important to my career. And I can't thank everyone enough. Well, we're happy to have been able to uh, have you on for a few minutes here. And we'd love to have you back again uh, sometime soon when we can talk a little more. I assume we'll be seeing you mostly on the Cars Tour and in other late model events throughout the rest of the year then, unless you get something in the truck. Yep, uh, I'll be racing uh, July 20th is our National Super Late Model PRA Series. That's my next race as of right now. Um, real fast, I w- would like to thank Nelson Motorsports for the great weekend. It was a tremendous weekend. Those guys worked tremendously for me, and it was a great experience, and I look forward to doing it again. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Mason. We uh, enjoyed having you on. You did a great job. That's Mason Diaz. We're going to step aside when we come back. Much more to go here on Lead Lap Radio. So stick around. Back with more after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Spark plug. Dylan Bassett bringing us back. Um, I don't know. He's he's. They used to call him Spark Plug because he was kind of this sort of small little person with this absolutely huge drive, mm-hmm. and now he's gotten so much bigger. 
But he's I feel like the smart not, plug is well, still he's from still the drive. Not, he's still not tall. Well, he's short, but he's gotten much, uh, shall we say, um, more muscular. Something he's in, like that. Yeah. The CrossFit and all that now. Yeah. So, but he's still smart plug to me. So welcome back to Lead Lap Radio. You may be listening on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network, or you may be watching us on our new home on the web on Twitch. And we appreciate all of you, no matter which way you are uh, taking in the show. We do appreciate you all. We hope that you'll, if you like it, we hope you'll let us know that you like it. And we hope you'll share it so uh, we can make the party bigger every week. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the K&M West race here in this segment. <sighs> because, you know, it's, I, I never, I always have an issue with this race at Sonoma because, it becomes cup light, and I get why some of the cup guys want to do it. It's to get more road course experience. I, I was going to say, Ryan yeah, Priest, Ryan, Pre- Ryan Priest and Daniel Hemrick had never even seen Sonoma. Hemrick. Um, so I get it. I get it. Like I told Brandon Lines on Twitter the other night, just because I get it doesn't mean I got to like it. Well, and that's the thing. I always like to see the, the regulars get the spotlight because if, you know, Somebody from the Cup Series goes out and wins the K&M West race. There's no story there whatsoever. As a media person, there's nothing there for me to talk about. I expect them to do it. Um, Priest and Hemrick are examples. Okay, they're trying to get more experience. Well, here's why I brought all that up. Ryan Priest was in great shape to pull off the win the other day. And whether I may have appreciated that or not, being a cup driver, I would have because, again, rookie and, you know, not a lot of road course experience. Regardless of that, you, you got to look at that restart. And I just scratched my head. They What happened was that he got penalized for jumping the start is basically what took place there. He and Hemrick were the two that ended up on the front row. You clearly could see that Hemrick spun the tires which is why it looked like Ryan took off like a rocket ship when, in fact, it was basically Daniel's mistake. And so Ryan crosses the line. He gets the black flag but crosses the line and takes the win. But, of course, they took it away from him and gave it um, to someone else. I'm just, you know, I'm glad for Noah Gregson that he won. I'm happy for Jefferson Pitts because that team works as hard as any team in – in the sport and they're all great people. So I'm thrilled that they got the win, but priest was driving for them as well. So I sort of feel like it would have been in house one way or another, but I just, I thought that was a terrible call. And it was that the end of that race yeah. was a complete mess. Oh, cars by, all over the place, spinning, whatever. Yes. Oh, just a mess. by the way, this just in on Twitter. Oh, hang on. From Daniel Hemrick. Oh, well, okay. Then I guess it's not technically breaking news. It's, no, it's not you. breaking news. It's just Daniel commenting on the exact thing we're talking no. about that happened about Hopefully 10 minutes ago. he's watching the show. I don't know if he's watching, but... But go ahead. I'll go ahead anyway. better to say that yeah. he is. Quote, okay, let's clear the air here. Ryan Priest by no means jumped the start. I said that in the media center after the race. I couldn't get my car to accelerate like he could. He was penalized for he and his team being on their game. Disappointing call and a win taken from them. 
There. Actually, he used the checkered flag emoji. So there's but, the guy who started next to him, Randy. Hmm? You know, who, ha- ha- I mean. It came from the horse's mouth himself. Yeah. By, yeah. By, by the way, Ryan, Ryan Priest. I don't know Daniel, why you call him a horse. Yeah. Well, no, Ryan, Ryan Priest <laughs> then, a nice horse. then responds with Race the uh, Betty White Golden Girls emoji. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, it's an unfortunate... Or not emoji, GIF. I that know thing. what you meant. Yeah, it's you an unfortunate I mean. situation, and obviously NASCAR's not going to change their mind because what's done is done, but right. it just goes to show you that even NASCAR's not perfect. They make calls based on what they see, and at the time they saw it, but then there's no going back because once the race was over, it was already done deal. But. I just was surprised that the last couple of laps of that, like everything just fell completely apart. You had multiple cars in the last lap spun around the court. I mean, it was just... It was like... Everybody just suddenly forgot how to turn, and it's like chaos, you know. On that, like on this. That last lap. Yeah, sort it's of like, like what's, that. So yeah, what's going on yeah. right here? Perfect um, example. It was, uh, it was nuts. But, uh, you know, congrats to Noah Gregson because, one, I think Noah needed that win. Mm-hmm. I, I think in a I lot agree. of ways that, that was a good win for Noah. Two, you made a good point earlier. Noah really put Jefferson Pitts on the, I want to call it, national map because it was he who was driving for JPR when they first did try to do the double. Yes, and just about won a just about won a championship. In both, in both series. series. Yeah. yeah. Both if it was West and East. If for it wasn't for know. the rule being in effect that he had to declare for one series at Iowa, he right. probably could have won at least one of the two championships. As it is, he wasn't able to win either one. Right. So that was a good win for him. It was a good win for JPR. Yeah. Um, you know, but of course, like I said earlier, yeah. Priest oh. Was oh, by the too, way, so. Gregson was penalized for the exact same thing earlier in the yeah. race, and his response to a fan on Twitter was, quote, I had the same penalty halfway through the race. Did you watch it? Do your homework next time. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like this whole restart issue in the sport in general, not just NASCAR, is partially caused by the stupid fact that somebody somewhere at some point in the past felt like it was a good idea to institute a restart box instead of letting the flagger throw the greed to restart the race. Well, what's which, interesting, oh, by the way, if you watch the video for decades yeah. before. And if you yeah. watch the video back, uh, Priest was moving and the flagman's hand was waving. Right. To me, that means go. Right. <laughs> but I'm just saying a lot of this controversy comes from, I feel like, and I think that was one of those situ- I think the restart box is one of those times when somebody tried to fix something that to me was not broke. Yeah. I see no reason but why. I don't th- but I don't even think there was a box rule in effect at Sonoma. I thought there was. No, I don't think. I think it's just line. You go okay. here. I thought at Sonoma they had a box, but maybe no, I, I don't think but so because they don't have boxes at all the other tracks. Regardless, and trying to be consistent. Regardless of that, I, I yeah. just think it was a silly call and it was an unfortunate call because it took a win. What could have surely been a win off the board for Ryan easily? Um, yeah, and you know he had obviously earned that. But yes. props to Noah. Shall we also, by the way, yes. discuss the remainder of the normal K&N West field? Because there was some interesting yeah. things and chaos. And I figured you would do that. That's last lap crashes, and there was this little tiff between uh, Jagger Jones and Jim Inglebright after the race, yeah. which is where I did my best Chris Wright impression when I said, I need the driver the owner and the spotter <laughs> yeah. for the six and the one to the hauler. Thank you. Yeah. 
Exactly. That that I just kind of shook my head and moved on. Jagger, you better than that, bud. <laughs> that, well, I, I know tempers were high. It was a third overtime, but that uh, I just kind of shook my head. Anyway, uh, no, what I wanted to get to was Derek Krause, who had an awful day, had an electrical issue that dropped him back yeah, three laps. He raced his way back from three laps down to be on the lead lap going into overtime had the first two runs from, like, 19th or 20th to 12th revoked because at Sonoma, since we're trying to be consistent across all tracks in the West Series, we can't use all the scoring loops like what they have in the Cup Series. Right. Uh, we only use the loop at the line because, well, we don't have extra scoring loops anywhere else, which I staunchly disagree with. I think you need to make an exception in the rulebook when you're running at NASCAR National Series tracks where you do use the scoring loops because the fact that you have to go all the way back to the last completed lap and drop drop kick a kid from 12th or 13th back to 19th three times especially at a track like Sonoma especially yeah. at a track like Sonoma I don't disagree if the loops are there just bothers them. exactly there needs to it's be an addendum it's still the same for everybody everybody's sure. using all the exactly. loops exactly well so that, that's exactly my point it doesn't you know put the race more in favor of any one driver right. than the other everybody's doing the same thing right. I think that's silly exactly but Point stands, Derek is the championship leader in both the East and the West right now, albeit not by much. He's got a four-point lead on Sam Mayer in the East, which does not race again for another month at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And the West Series races again, luckily, this weekend at Douglas County Speedway in Oregon, which has been the site of some barn burner finishes the last couple of years. He's got a one-point lead right now over teammate Haley Deegan, who is in position here. And actually, the top four really are in position here because Jagger Jones is only 13 back of Derek Krause in fourth. So you've got Jagger, Trevor Huddleston, Deegan, and Krause all in this mix going to a short track where it's going to be really, really interesting this weekend. I'm looking forward to that battle. And remember what happened the last time Derek Krause and Haley Deegan were fighting for a win? Yeah. Yeah. Well, prepare to potentially see that rivalry revisited this weekend. I suspect that... According uh, to her on NASCAR.com, they're quote-unquote friends again. Yeah. I I assume that at some point there was a package of Oreo double stuffed cookies... And two and glasses a very of large milk. Jar, a container of milk with a couple of glasses that was set in front of the two of them by and, Bill McAnally. Yeah, and had a come to Jesus know, meeting. Yeah, more, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, milk be- and cookies meeting. Yeah, because because when you consider that their biggest competition in the series and the team they try to beat every year, Sunrise Ford is lurking in third and fourth, only 11 and 13 points yep. back. You do not want to have Bill McAnally Racing give away what I consider a surefire championship it for one be. of those yeah. two this year because they're focused on taking each other out. Yep. So I hope Bill has nipped that in the bud before it gets too serious because those two ought to run away. We are we're going to step aside. We have two segments left in the show. We've got to talk ARCA, NASCAR, Indy Formula Car. 1, and IndyCar. Yeah. And Buckle maybe up. some safety stuff hopefully in there as well. So it's going to be a really quick couple of lightning rounds here as we conclude this show don't go anywhere lead lap radio continues presented by hms motorsport the leaders of motorsport safety right after this 
Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Read Lap Radio. Presented by, wow, that was a sudden stop. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Please do. Safety first. It's important. I'm hoping we get to that. But before we do that, I do want to cover a few other things that went on. First of all, ARCA. There was a Gibbs in victory lane as a driver in an ARCA race. And the first time a Gibbs as a driver has won a national event in quite a while. Um, Ty Gibbs finally 
getting, I shouldn't say finally, honestly. He's been a second a lot um, this year. He's been close, but, it, it, you know, again, he's so young. Um, you know, you, you really wouldn't necessarily expect him to even win this year, but not totally surprising because, no. you know, again, it's it's a different kind of an arc of field this year. But uh, Ty getting the win, he and Sam Mayer had contact shall we say they argued over space just a bit on the last lap sam uh-huh. saying on his social he was dumped um i don't think ty would probably agree but of course not <laughs> well ty ty didn't agree his comment was it's the last lap it's fair game so there you go um so maybe he did agree but just said i don't really care i dumped him it's fair game uh you know, but uh, that's the second race in a row where Sam has had the lead late in an event and then ended not, up not winning. Right. So I and think the, obviously uh, he's a little frustrated. I think it was Salem, the rain-shortened race, was the one I can think I think of recently where he had the lead. And that was just a... a well, I was talking about Memphis with the K&N oh, with the K and N car, yeah, Chase, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Chase. Okay, yeah, on the recent, yeah. going even even ago. going back to Salem. I think Sam had a shot there and just couldn't quite, you know, because. But those, he's going to get one before he too is. long. He is. Uh, he's definitely there with he his is. GMS racing um, car. Well, his Christmas list is getting shorter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. All, all I got to say to that is, unless somebody can show, unless somebody can show me a different angle than the one than the side shot I saw on on saturday uh when i was watching the arca race i can't much like Haley deegan i can't be too excited about this i I get ty's comment he's frustrated he's finished second a lot hasn't won wanted a win but you know sam was sam was doing a yeoman's job of holding him off on older tires much like chastain was and to me, that just comes down to a driver who was done settling for second and did something about it. Well, and I'm not, I'm not really, you know, am I happy that Ty Gibbs is in victory lane? Yes. Would I, would I have been a whole lot happier if he didn't just send it and, you know, shoot Sam way out of the groove to win that race? Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of using somebody up on the last corner to get a win. That's the, just me. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. But wait, so uh, when Sam said he was dumped, he was actually dumped this time? Well, that's and that's that's the the, the thing about this is obviously, like I said, and, and I was being tongue in cheek for those of you who don't know my humor. Um, but Ty's not going to agree with that. No, but Ty kind of did. He just said, "Hey, last lap, fair game." So um, now everybody knows how to race Ty. You know, ties, and I think, yep. a, I think a lot of this, where you see these these kids doing that, they learn by example. And yeah. when they see almost every late model race that gets run in the southeast region being decided on a last lap dump of whoever's leading the race, correct. And and then when they see, you know, the 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 Cup Series guys doing it and being allowed to do it. Um, this has sort of been something that has just been a generational thing. You did yep. not see Richard Petty, David Petty. You didn't see that kind of de- – they may have door-to-door, but you did not see just blatant, you know, move the guy out of the way right. or spin him into the fence, left rear guy. There was, a lot, there was a lot more respect in that yeah. era than there is now. Is that youth, aggressive, uh, youth aggressiveness, though? Like, is it because of their age and the fact that they are so not, like – 
mature enough well, in their level to be able to, to I know I don't think it's, to be in a bang without wrecking each other? I don't think it's just that, Randy, but I do think it's part of the philosophy that we've drilled into these kids' heads right. that if you can't win races and make it by the time you're 18, you're not going to make well, it. Well, right. that's part we of need, it, too. We need to change the philosophy here. Yeah, that's I the, think it's at a, the end a of the day, thing. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a culture thing in stock car racing that that's developed um, sort of like this idea that we have to push each other around the racetrack on super speedways, exactly. which came from go-karts, two-cycle go-karts. You know, you, you just get a bad, um, sometimes it just develops over time. And I agree. I'm not a big, look, I always said it takes no talent to use a bumper. Right. There's no skill involved in that. And same thing I said about Haley. Yeah, a couple I mean, weeks I, that's ago. just, I mean, I've, I don't believe there's any skill involved in using a bumper. So, but you know, congratulations to Ty. I feel bad for Sam who well, hung on to finish third, by he the did. way. And, and like I said, Sam's, Sam's time is coming. Yes. There's and no the guy, uh, the it. guy who's gotten absolutely no love in the wake of the whole Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer thing that really should have been, cause he had a great day in the points and is slowly marching as his teammate, Michael self has issues. Finally, um, <laughs> I, I don't think Michael's saying finally, but we've been waiting for the bubble to burst yeah. all year. And I feel like it's bursting a little bit after the transmission issue that took him out at Gateway. But Christian Eckes with a runner-up finish and to, after the food poisoning thing that took him out of being able to start Salem, he's, come, he's coming with a vengeance. And I, this championship yeah. battle is not over yet. When I look at the points and consider... That we still have. Let me find it to make sure I tell everybody right. Because racing. So you rec- finished second I, twice. You finished second in the Canyon race and second in the truck race. No, well, no, no, he he should have been second yeah. in the truck he race until true. until. Oh, that's right. He did he until did. Stewart yeah. Friesen happened. We'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> Stewart dumped him. He got um, yeah, I about Friesened that. again. By yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot about that. So the fact that we are now, I think, officially halfway through the Arca season. Um, 10 or 11 races in here, 11 races in, so we're nine races to go. And we have four drivers within 65 points. For those who's wondering, at five points a position on the ARCA scale, that is 13 positions on the racetrack. you got four guys between thir- you know, within 13 yeah. positions on the racetrack. This is going to be a down-to-the-wire Maybe the first down-to-the-wire ARCA championship we've had in a long time. It'll be interesting. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it, for yeah. sure. This is the youngest crop of ARCA racers, that, uh, by and large, that I think we've ever had in the series. It's really become a true youth series this year. Michael Self, the most notable exception. Um, not, like not, just Mi- not just Michael, but Travis Braden, too. Who's well, mid-20s, close- but yeah. Mid to later. You, you know what that tells me? That tells me that the bumping is not over. It's not. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, right. that's just that's the just Arcus, it's only going to get worse as those guys get for tra- later okay. on in the season. They're still so I want to points. keep moving here because yeah. we we've got I know. five Sorry. minutes left of this segment. <laughs> so next, IndyCar. Um, <laughs> this shouldn't take too long. Was this a Formula One race or an IndyCar race? Sca- well, I was trying to debate on the scale of one to ten, which was lower this week for me, the Formula One or the IndyCar race, and I decided that they were both about equal two. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was going to say, and for me, actually, I would give the uh, Rev Group Grand Prix a higher number, not for the battle for the lead, but for some of the incredible scraps that they well, had that they were. I, back yeah. in the field. I yeah, mean, I yeah, okay, yes, it was an absolute snoozer up front because Alexander Rossi 
came out and brought an AK-47 to a knife fight. Yeah. There was nothing even close yeah. to that car. He should have led all 55 laps. The only reason he didn't is because Graham Rahal stayed out one lap longer on the last pit cycle, the lead lap 42. But he won by 28.4 seconds over Will Power. He's still turning laps because he well, still thinks the race is going on. it was the same deal Joe New, Joe, Joseph Newgarden pulled at what was the first race at Belle Isle, I think. When he won by about a day and a half, was that where it was? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. Over Rossi. I mean, you know, it just, it, the, the the thing for me is, is I, I don't, you know, I understand there's a lot of stuff going on in the back of the pack, but, and I'm not saying stop racing around America. I'm not, I'm just saying this particular race wasn't really that much of a race, you know, and congrats to Rossi. I feel like this was Alex Rossi saying, sort of like Chastain, I'm winning this time. I'm done yes. finishing second. Well, yeah, he had finished second three times in yeah. the last four races, so now he's within seven points in the championship. But yeah. when you look further back, Scott Dixon gets spun in turn five on the first lap. He was 23rd at that yeah. point. Drives his tail back through the field and gets a top five yeah. finish. Keeps his champion, you know, even if they're a little slimmer, keeps his championship hopes alive. Felix Rosenquist, 18th to 6th. Chip Ganassi Racing had a great day, and nobody was talking about them because Alex Rossi just smoked the field. Colton Herta, youngest pole sitter now in IndyCar history, gets a top 10. Should have been maybe a top five if not for the fact his tires were just obliterated at the end of that yeah. race. There was no hanging on to that 88 car. But Colton, to me, put on a great drive. This race was full of stories that nobody's talking about because Alex Rossi just said, see me? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> see me? Not anymore. Uh, yeah, Will, Power, much... Will Power's joke, well, I don't think it was a joke. He he literally said, I never saw Alex. <laughs> like they threw the greedy with gown. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Formula One, we got about a minute and a half left in the segment. Shouldn't need much more than that. This series has quickly become Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. He's not going to lose the rest of the year. No, it's, well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm telling you, not going to happen. Or at least if he loses, it's to Botas, that's it. Yeah. So it's Formula Lewis. It's Formula Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right, yeah, he's been, yeah, Lewis Formula has been L. Lewis has been beaten by Valtteri twice this year, and I do believe there's a couple of tracks that will suit Valtteri coming up. Uh, but the fact that Lewis has won six of the first eight races and got off to what I what I call, without a doubt, the best start to any season in his entire career. He is primed for a sixth championship this year, and quite frankly, still with 13 races to go. Now, let, let's be clear here. With 13 races to go, if, God forbid, <laughs> your, your theory comes up true, and that's, you know, Lewis not being beaten by Valtteri or blowing parts or blowing a motor or something bizarre happening the rest of the year. But if he were to win out, recognize what that would do. That yes. would put him ahead of Michael Schumacher Absolutely. by one for most wins all time. Yep. And to me, that's, that's sobering to think about. There's F. not... There's not somebody that's won that many races in a year in a long, no, ever. <laughs> F1 needs work. It's a high-speed parade right now. We'll be back with more of Lee Lap Radio. The real lightning round comes up next. It'll be interesting. Stick around. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio. It's the Lead Lap Lightning Round. Uh, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Randy Miller, Chris Burdock. Final segment of the show that makes it our Lightning Round. And uh, Justin Sullivan in our chat um, asked an interesting question that I think we should address real quick here. We were talking about using the bumper to win, and you know none of us are real excited about that. Justin says, but what if they're blocking you? Do you, you have to use the bumper then? Here's my response to that. If they're coming across your nose and you have to lift, okay, then move them. If, they're, if your definition of blocking is them pulling down in front of you, as in what we see on a lot of the super speedways, mm. Not blocking. Slingshot. 
I don't, I don't buy this whole block. There's two. We've made blocking into this broad category that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. If you're having to lift all the time because they're slower and they're holding you up, then move them out of the way. But if it, it, the leader is the leader. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a fan of. You don't see sprint cars. You don't see super modifieds. You don't see, you know, late model. Car, you don't see people moving people like that in these other divisions. That's my right. two cents on that. With that. We move along because we've got an HRA to talk about. Yes, we do. Real quick. Um, we're going to go through these quickly. But Steve Torrance momentarily let somebody else have the fun a week uh, a week ago. A couple yeah. weeks or a week a ago. A week ago, yeah. Um, my, my, well, and, and he let the one driver have the fun that I think has potential to beat him down the stretch because Mike Salinas and Alan Johnson are the pairing that I look at to go toe-to-toe with the Capco boys, but the Capco boys are back. Well, Sixth win in the last <laughs> exactly. seven races. Four rounds to get the win uh, over the weekend, and, I man, I just can't. I love it. I don't, I, I don't you understand. Know what? Well, I do. It, it's called... When you're good, you're good. It's the same thing. But it's not that these other guys aren't good. No, it, it's just that right now, Steve Torrance and Richard Hogan have hit on something, much like Boy, Tony, much like Tony Schumacher and the Army Boys hit on something in the early 2000s yeah. when they were just knockout every time. You know, every time that car went down the racetrack, it's the same thing. It's the same thing when you know in NASCAR when Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss were hitting on everything, yep. everything right. Sometimes in racing. Everything just goes your way for it a little while. It just seems a lot so much harder, though. It is. Well, there's a lot. There are a lot of know, variables, but when you when you find and... consistency and when you can get into a rhythm and do what Steve is doing right now, you know, it, it makes it extremely impressive. He's won six of the last seven. Uh, and really hitting their stride. You've got Bob Tasca, who beat John Force yes, two weeks in a car. row, by yep. the way, yep. and is going to his home race. Oh, by the way, looking for a third straight win. Um, I was th- I was really happy Pro Stock was back. Chris McGahey picking up the win and kind of reestablishing some parity in Pro Stock this year. And the Har- you know Andrew Hines and the the Harley Davidson boys just continuing to do what they do. They've had you know seven races this year, five wins by Andrew already. If Eddie Craywick can ever figure out that uh, that street rod, then Look exactly, out. but Andrew right now is the man. Troy Coughlin and top alcohol. Top alcohol, yeah, that was a great run for Troy too. And at their home track, that's a big, big, big deal yes, for Jags for sure. Okay, um, moving along, we haven't talked about NASCAR yet, and look, not to me, not a lot to talk about when it comes to Sonoma on Sunday per se, because I thought it was one of the least entertaining road course races I've seen in a while, and I was disappointed. Yeah, um, it was a snoozer. However, um, Matt DiBenedetto... We did mention that earlier. Yeah, I mean, can we we put that out one more time? One more time, because home state boy makes good and flat drove his butt off yes. to a fourth place. When you run Kevin Harvick down from eight seconds back, yes. you've got my attention. They got my attention, and I, to- I told you that once the 95 team got their feet 
underneath that got their bearings got their feet underneath them that that team was going to have some speed i told you you didn't believe me i still don't it's a road course show me something on a mile and a half besides 15th and i'll be impressed there were there they run on the road course. they're gladly working on it and de benedetto said they have made you know has said they've made some upgrades recently in their oh, mile good. and a half program the problem is we don't have another mile and a half for like two months okay so but like I said, road course is different. And, but when and you, that's, you when know, you see a guy sitting on the pit uh, on the pit pit wall, fin, pit yeah, wall, pit yeah. wall. <laughs> thank you. I couldn't think of that stupid white wall that goes from the there. beginning we'll of the end. The uh, I, I felt like I hit the thing. Um, but anyway, when you see a guy sitting on it. And he's nearly in tears when he's talking yeah. about how good of a job fourth place is yeah. for him. I love it. Well, that is um, uh, just amazing. Yeah, right. Career amazing. day. How can for you not him? like the guy? Career day for the team. I mean, Martin Truex won. Oh, by yeah. The way. Oh, by yeah. Oh, not by the way, surprise. Martin Truex won for the second time in a row, third time overall at Sonoma. Yeah. And on the weekend when Toyota Racing Development celebrated their 40th anniversary, four Gibbs Toyota. You know, I, I count the 95 in this. Four Gibbs Toyotas in the top five, five in the top eight. Hell of a way to do what they, you know, hell of a way to celebrate and do what you did, Toyota. And, and, honestly, pro- and props to you. And honestly, for me. A rather embarrassing outing, especially for Ford, but, oh, yeah. but Chevy as well. I mean, you know, they just didn't – neither of them really ever showed well, up in on, the race contending well, over and the see, long Well, and haul. see, I, the problem is a lot of those teams had to be focused on stage points because they're thinking playoffs right now. They couldn't do what some of the other cars who have already won races this year could do in playing the strategy to focus on the final stage and worry about the win. They had to worry about counting points. You, that's that's if, why you never saw William Byron up front at the end of the race. They had to worry about stage points and did a nice job of it, too, by the way. Won his first Cup they Series did, stage. They did, and he was basically the bright spot, yeah. I thought. I mean, Bowman did okay. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was Johnson okay. Was, well, Johnson was running fifth until yeah. the Benedetto passed yeah. him at the end. I mean, he he finished sixth. He did okay. Um, Elliott was running well until he blew up. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, but Larson didn't show up. Kurt Busch really didn't Larson have Larson never typical... shows up in a Sonoma race. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> on, he, on he's Friday good at, and Saturday, he's he does. Good at winning yeah, K&M, but he can't win the cup race well, there. Well, no, he, he wins the pole every year, but yeah. he can't figure out how to win the race. But no. just not a great... Dylan wasn't great. I mean, Hemrick wasn't great. No, it, it just was, to me, Chevy, Ford, not... You know, again, it was a Toyota domination there so the, the you, one thing that's impressive though about martin turex is the fact that he's once in a three times with three different race teams i you know i thought about that on sunday mm-hmm. after it was over he got his first win a, a few point. years back with mwr yeah. did it with furniture row last year and now done with uh, joe gibbs racing this year i i did actually think stuff. about that on sunday after he won no. it's like well dang <laughs> it, okay. doesn't, it doesn't matter where truex goes he no. wins sonoma no. uh dw Ugh. And how how, how like cool a day was this on Sunday to see, and really the whole weekend to see all the tributes, all the yep. gifts, all the things that ever the letter to the letter that Stevie wrote oh, to Daryl wow. got yeah. to me. Yeah. I I yeah. I was close to crying yeah. when they read that on that the air. That was cool. The grid walk, the yeah, the grid walk that he did with Michael, I thought was very tastefully done, especially with focusing on some of the throwback cars that yep. different teams ran for Daryl. Um, you know, the last boogity wasn't a goodbye. It was just letting Daryl do his thing one more time. Yep. And 
Personally, for me, I thought it was a really fitting touch by Eric Shanks and everybody at Fox Sports to bring Larry McReynolds to the racetrack and have the original Dream Team together one more time on Sunday. I just, I loved that. You know, the the three of them, Mike, uh, Larry, and Daryl, have obviously been friends yeah. since they were brought together in yeah. 01. And it was just, a, a, a the dynamic all day was, you know, let's just go out and have fun one more time. And I felt like it was one of the better Fox broadcasts all the way around. They did a great job paying a nod to everything that DW's done for the sport. And I might not have said this a few weeks ago, but gosh, now that it's over, I think I am going to miss DW a little bit when we get back oh, around to, day to, to Daytona in 2020. I, I, said, uh, I, I said on my Facebook wall yesterday that the Fox broadcasts will never be the same for me. Right. And that's but, uh, just, I don't care who replaces right. him. If anybody, and I don't, I did the two man booth for me is kind of, eh, I don't know if that's going to be good or not, but if they do that, if they right. do that, but I, for me, not going to be the same. I'm going to miss the humor and the passion and the fun that Daryl mm-hmm. always brought to the broadcasts, and they're going to have a hard time replicating that right. combination. And everybody can say what they want about his style, but. That style, mm-hmm. a lot of people emulated that, and I, you know, I real real quickly, I I do want to um, make an additional, uh, a, additional point here to all this that I've kind of been been thinking about ever since the press conference at Bristol. But um, you know, forty seven years in the sport. Yes, it's never going to be the same, but God bless DW for being able to, A, go out on his terms, and B, make it very clear that his next project, at least for a while, you know, he's not going to be avoiding the racetrack by any means, but he wants to go be a grandpa because he didn't get to, you know, be Be a daddy the dad when his daughters were growing up. Well, and actually, my favorite DW quote from the weekend didn't even happen on the broadcast. happened at the driver's meeting when he said, he he said there was a time when I was the show, then I became part of the show, and for me now the show is over, but the show will go on and I will be watching. I love and that. I just yes. thought that was totally Absolutely. you know appropriate and uh, yeah definitely going to miss uh, DW terribly. I thought that I thought the whole weekend was very mm-hmm. tastefully done and, for sure and uh, a lot of fun. Comments, quotes, memories, all of that good stuff. So Yes, um, 100%. Yes. Okay. So didn't really get into the truck race itself too much other than Chastain winning. Well, and, but, and I just want to make it a point to salute the call that Phil Gould made to keep raw, you know, to go fuel yeah, only on the final pit absolutely. stop. There wasn't a ton, you know, other than the pit strategy in the last stage, there really wasn't a lot of chaos in that race at Gateway. Um, also, 10 p.m. East Coast time is way too late to be starting a truck race. Thank I thought you. It was on, dear dear, dear thought, FS1, please fix that going forward. I, I thought it was a tape-delayed race for a no, minute because oh, I kept looking at no, the, the channel guide. I'm like, 9 oh, p.m.? What? Bill. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, dear, dear FS1, please find a way to fix that going yeah, forward. Don't but, do that anymore. Um, you know, Ross Chastain be, being a wheel man, and as soon as he gets to the top 20 in points, and he will, oh, by the way, um, you know, then you talk about KBM hitting the big red panic button because once Ross Chastain is in, that bumps Harrison Burton out. Todd Gilliland is already out. Those one of those or both of those two are going to have to do something really special here before like we get like win <laughs> soon before we get to the playoffs because 
Otherwise, we could be potentially looking at the first time KBM hasn't had a representative going for the Drivers' Championship since, like, Matt Crafton was winning titles. I was going to say, in a long time. Yes. So, Was yeah, anybody it's... else nervous whenever Ross won, thinking, oh, my Lord, is this is really going to happen again? No. <laughs> all I, all I no. said was, okay, no. he won. Watch for, Get ready for the shortest post-race tech ever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't well, quite the shortest post-race tech ever. Say, but when it... Phil Gould posted the uh, picture of him standing next to the height sticks and giving a thumbs up, I said, oh, they passed heights. They're good now. Yeah. yeah. It was, there was little doubt in my mind that yeah. they would pass tech and, right. and you yeah. know, this was going to stick. And so now I feel like the rest is just waiting for him to get to the yes. top 20. We know he's going to finish there. Yes, he's um, only 40-something points out. You can make that thir- Yeah, you can make that up in one race, basically. Yeah, so, and, I, and I still don't believe he's done winning either. So nope. we'll see where, where that takes Chicago us. We this Chicago this weekend. Hello. Kind of yeah, track, by the so. way, quadru- newsflash, quadruple header this weekend. Thursday, ARCA. Friday, Trucks. Saturday, Xfinity. Sunday, Cup. Yes, please. Okay, so uh, stay tuned. Lots of racing this week. Yes, do it. And it should be a lot of fun. We didn't have time to get into the safety uh, issue with enough time to really talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to table that for next week's show, and we'll – We'll uh, talk about safety, and hopefully maybe we'll get uh, somebody from HMS to come in and talk about it as well because we had some fires over the weekend and some crashes that we really want to kind of bring out, not because the drivers involved were doing anything wrong, but because it illustrated why you shouldn't lack for safety um, because even with all the safety equipment being right, still um, Vern Lefebvre and Oswego ended up with burns on his arms and, and hands that are going to require mm-hmm. some skin grafting this week. So uh, we wish Vern all the best, wish him well, and we'll kind of get into more of that discussion uh, yeah. on next Monday's lead lap. You're looking at me. Is it time to go? It's uh, just about time to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate Sadly. that because there's so much more. Like you said, there's so much more to talk about that we have yeah. to table. I hate that we only have two hours. However, we do want to say thank you to our partners that help make this show possible. Of course, our presenting partner, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, as well as mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, and strutmasters.com for everything that they all do to make this show possible and all of our shows on Race Chaser Radio possible. So right now, for Tom Baker, Randy Miller, and Chris Murdoch behind the glass, I'm Jay. Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you're headed to a racetrack later this week or this weekend, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend. Good Good night. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, Follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.